Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. is a big book full of richness and complexity and wrestling with that richness is a lifelong task. Sincere believers can disagree about how to interpret certain passages but one thing that is not overly controversial is that God has never liked idols throughout the entire Old and New Testaments. Idols were associated with other gods but also could potentially be used to make a form of worship for the Lord and he did not want that in any way. There was one God, Him, not many, so no other gods were to be worshipped. And because He was the Creator, nothing was to be fashioned out of the creation in order to worship Him. He could not be represented by wood or stone or jewels. From Scripture start to finish, God is consistently anti-idol. This makes it very interesting when we see what Paul does in the next step of his missionary journey. Acts chapter 17 verses 16 through 21 says, While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Since we know that God hates idols so much, and since Paul is a devout servant of God who knows his Bible very well, it is distressing for him to see so many idols when he arrives in the city. He is distressed by this. This is understandable, but as we'll see in tomorrow's verses, Paul is actually going to engage with those idols in a very interesting way to share the gospel. This doesn't mean that Paul supports idol worship. Again, he's distressed that it's happening. But there isn't anything even distressful that God can't use for his glory. In Athens, Paul's approach is interesting. He begins by reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews as usual, but he also heads out into the marketplace day by day, the text says, sharing Jesus out there. Athens was a major Greek city and a center of pagan worship, and coming into such a different city required a different gospel approach. Conversions will not happen in the synagogue as much as out in the city itself here. This is actually likely true for churches in the West today as well. More salvations are waiting outside the church walls than in getting people inside. We learn of a place called Areopagus. In English, this translates to Mars Hill. This was a gathering place to discuss ideas. People would come together to talk about whatever the latest ideas were, and this Jesus message is a brand new idea that they're intrigued by, so they asked Paul for more information, which we will get to in tomorrow's verses. There is also a teaching moment here. The word says that these people would do nothing but sit around and talk about ideas. They apparently aren't attempting to come to conclusions on the ideas, maybe. They're not living out all of these various ideas. They just love the discussion and the debate. 
In our teaching-rich Christian culture, this can be us too, where we listen to teaching and we talk about teaching, we read teaching, we debate about teaching, we engage with teaching, but we don't actually live the teaching out. Scripture always nudges us towards action, and so we want to make sure we don't get stuck in the Mars Hill mode of constant discussion with no application of Bible truth. To mull over today as you go about your day, are you in any way like these Mars Hill people, just stuck in teaching mode without a lot of action, discussing the latest ideas without actually putting them into practice? And as we consider that, what would it look like to take some teaching you're learning about right now and actually put it into action in our lives in a real and a practical way?